0: Some things I'd like to share with you, uh, actually they're, they're based on some experiences that I've had in the past year, and it started, as a matter of fact, in Massachusetts is where it began, and that's why it's probably fitting I share this with you. Our son uh, had moved here and was uh, starting art school in Boston, and so we drove across the United States, gave him a vehicle, and, and we met him. In Boston and as we began to see him settled in and um, getting started in art school and uh, we were just there a few days then we left and went to Portugal and Rick said "Uh, dad he said "Uh, I need some advice and I said okay now I mean I it's kind of good he's 25 years old and he still asked for advice and I'm always willing to give it, but sometimes it's not the best. And he said, I'm having some real problems with anger. And I'd like to ask you, what should I do about it? I said, oh, okay, I can tell you about that. I had a counseling service for 15 years, so I have studied that thoroughly. And I thought I knew all that you needed to do to deal with anger. And I said, one thing you need to be aware of, Rick, you come from a family of angry men. I was very angry, my father was very angry, his father is very angry, and his father is very angry. So you have a family spirit of anger that you have to deal with. And he said, okay, I know how to deal with that. And I said, not only that, you have a familiar spirit connected with me and all of our relationship and the anger uh, that we had between one another and those interchanges. He said, okay, I know how to deal with that. I said, then, to deal with normal anger, you have to learn how to yield your rights to God. And we talked about how to do that and how to allow him to replace all of the things that you expect and to balance out your expectations. And he said, okay, I'll begin to work on that. And I said, now, if there's anything else that the Lord shows me while we're in Portugal, uh, when we come back, I'll tell you and let you know. Rick said, okay. Now, the truth was, I didn't think the Lord would show me anything else. Because I'd thoroughly studied this. And I thought, I knew, have, you ever, have you ever done that? Where you thought you knew everything that you could figure out about something? Because you studied it so much, how could anybody tell you anything more? Right? Well, I was full with what I thought I knew, you see. And so I promptly forgot that I told him that and about three weeks later while we were in Portugal the Lord reminded me of the prayer I remembered. I said oh well Lord uh, if there's anything else that you want to show me about anger for Rick's benefit <laughs> uh, I'd be glad to have you show me and I was shocked God began to show me something I didn't expect him to show me anything but he did And the Lord, very simply, the Lord began to say to me in my spirit, your anger is caused by your judgment. What? What are you talking about? God, I don't judge people. He said, your anger is caused by your judgment. I said, I don't judge people. Lord, now, you know, I've been trained as a counselor, and I've learned not to judge people. I, I don't say anything to them. And God said, You don't say it with your mouth, you say it in your heart. I go, Well, yeah, but that's not fair. You know, I mean, I mean, I thought I thought my definition of judgment was making a condemning statement, coming to a conclusion, and then pronouncing sentence on people. And God said, You don't have to do it with your mouth, you're doing it in your heart. I said, I don't believe that. I don't think I'm really doing that. Any of you? Have, well, I'm just being honest. That's how I talk with God. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just don't think he knows what he's talking about sometimes. <laughs> I mean, you might as well say it. I mean, that's the way it works out, you know, in your spirit anyway. So I, I just said, I think you're mistaken, God. You've got the wrong guy. You, know, you're, you're, you don't know who you're talking to. I mean, I Right? Well <laughs> so the lord began to show me how i begin to judge people and i mean you know you know what happens when god just lifts the veil of your mind and he brings things back to you and he shows you from a different vantage point his what was really going on and i go oh i didn't really do that did i and the scene begins to replay and i go oh no i didn't. no that's not really yeah, that's, I remember those feelings. Yeah, that's right. And so the Lord just began to reveal all of these judgment, attitudes, ideas, thoughts, opinions, evaluations, and feelings that I had. Finally, I was convinced. I said, okay, God, uh, I, I repent. Forgive me. Uh, right now, I won't judge anybody else anymore. And God kind of laughed. I have, do you ever get offended when God kind of chuckles and laughs at, you know, what you're saying? Well, and I said, no, God, I, you're, you're right. Okay, I won't judge anybody anymore. He said, yes, you will. I said, no, I won't. I won't do it. He said, you will too. I said, God, I won't. You showed me it. I won't do it. He said, you can't help it. You always do it. No, God. That, I, now, I'm, I'm seeing what you're saying. I won't do it anymore. He said, yes, you will. I said, well, now, I feel like I'm caught in the middle here. Now, what's the deal? You said, my judgment is causing my anger. And you said, I'm not supposed to judge. But I do judge. And so I agree with you now. And I'm not going to do it. And you tell me I will all the time. And I can't help it. Do you, you remember the scriptures where it says, Judge not, lest you be judged, in Matthew 7, 1 and 2? With the same judgment that you give to others, it comes back upon you. I begin to look at that, and I said, Well, what, what are you saying about these scriptures? And he said, You know the, the relationship conflict that you and your son have had over the years? I said, Yeah, it's all his fault. Now, do you suppose that was a judgment (laughs) on my part? It was. And God said, no, it wasn't all his fault. You want to know where that came from? And I I was about to tell him, yeah, I remember when Rick did that. And he said, no, that's not where it started. He said, you know that you judged your father, didn't you? I said, yeah, I know when he was wrong. Even before I was a Christian, I could tell he was wrong. And he said, you judged him, didn't you? And I said, well, if you put it that way, yeah, I did. And he said, you know that the same judgment that you gave to him has come back upon you with your son? I'm going, ooh, I don't like this. I don't like the way this is working out. And so God began to show me some other things. And I said, God. You're you're just saying, don't do this, it's wrong. He said, the scripture in Matthew 7 is not a scripture to say, this is wrong, don't do it. It's a statement of cause and effect. He said, I'm not saying, shame on you, don't do that. I'm saying, don't judge. Because as you judge, that judgment, the effect of that is that it comes back into your life and affects you. I'm going, oh, I don't like this. I don't like the way this is working. I said, okay, God, what am I supposed to do about it? And I'm, I'm convinced. What am I supposed to do? And God said, well, stop trying not to judge. You know, and I tried that for several days. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm distilling this process for you. But for several days, well, I went around trying not to judge. I, mean, I don't want to see that. You know, I don't, want, don't tell me anything, because I don't want to judge it. I mean, I was, I was doing everything I could not to judge. But, you know, that's self-salvation. You know, that's by my own soul and my own selfish strength I'm trying to be right. And the truth is, you and I can't be right by ourselves. We'll never do exactly the right thing and measure up, no matter how good it seems to be. That's why Jesus came and died for us. That's why he came to set us free. That's why he came to give us life freely, abundantly. Not because of what we do, but because of who he is and his love. And so that's where God said, now quit trying to not judge. What I want you to do is simply bring your judgments to me. Tell me what they are and ask me to put them to death at the cross and then pour my blood out upon you and cleanse you and set you free, and then ask me what I want you to do. And I said, oh, well, that seems kind of simple. I mean, you're, you're saying that I'm always going to judge, and when I do, and I recognize it immediately to come and tell you, this is what I think, what I feel, my opinion, I, I think you ought to do this to him, your word says it, do it. He said, Yeah. And then say, God, put that to death at the cross. Kill that thing right now and pour your blood out upon me and cleanse me. Jesus, what do you want me to do? I said, well, gee, that sounds simple, but it's hard to put into practice. The reason is I found myself doing that almost every other breath. I mean, I was shocked. Now, Carol can tell you some things about Portugal. I was driving in Portugal. And driving in Portugal is like driving in Boston and New York City and Los Angeles, all at the same time. (laughs) And, you know, you're driving down the road, and you're driving in your lane, and three other people try to get in your lane at the same time from different directions. Now, I begin to judge them immediately. You know, I, I'm waiting here for this lady to pull out of this parking place. Nicely waiting. And she gets halfway out and another person comes, jams in front of me and gets in it. Well, i had been waiting for 15 minutes, you know. Now, do you suspect that there was a little judgment going on there? I mean, I found that my whole day was almost consumed with my taking my judgments to God and asking Him to put them to death, you know. And so, now, I didn't tell Don anything about this. matter of fact, I wasn't telling anybody about this. I was just dealing with something that God began to see. I I started out doing this for my son. This wasn't for me. How did this happen anyway? Have you ever had God catch you like that? You're going to do this for somebody else's benefit? So, for about two weeks, this went on. And one day we're driving in the car and Donna's sitting over here. I'm driving along and she's she's looking at me kind of. Have you yeah, I can always tell when she sees something and she has something on her mind because of the way she kind of looks. And so finally I said, What are you looking at? And she said, Nothing. I said, come on. Yeah, I mean you're looking at me, so you're looking at something. What is it? You're trying to say? She said, You're not as angry as you normally are. I said, What? She said, You're not as angry as you nor- normally are. I said, normally? You mean it's showed? <laughs> I, I mean, you 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 could tell this all the time? She said, Oh yeah, you've been rather an angry person. I said, No. I said, no. She said, What happened? I said, Well, let me tell you what. So I recited the whole thing to her. And she kind of laughed. And I took some judgments to the Lord immediately. (laughs) As she laughed. (laughs) And I said, you know, I think I have some things to share with Rick when we get back uh, from Portugal to, uh, to Boston. And when we came back, We got together with Rick, and I began to share this with him. And he said, ah, I think I see what you're saying. I said, well, you can do what you want, son, but I think it would be to your benefit if you took all your judgments to God about me. And he said, yeah, he said, it'll take me a while. (laughs) Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, God likes to break our bubbles. We have this unrealistic view of how we've done and who we are. And so I thought, well, praise God. This is wonderful. It's helping him. Uh, we left after a, a week or so in this area, went back to Idaho. We were there, did some married seminars. We had our 25th wedding anniversary. Donna had been saving up all of our mileage. And so we had free tickets to Hawaii. And we spent our 25th wedding anniversary in Hawaii. She said, on the condition that I not call anybody that we know. And boy, that's difficult, you know. But I said, okay. So we went to an island that I didn't know anybody. I just had a bunch of people's names and phone numbers. And I purposely left them on the other island so I wouldn't call anybody. And we spent 11 days with each other, and uh, no telephones, um, no schedule, I didn't have to be anywhere at any particular time, we could eat when we wanted to, or not eat, and that was a blessing, you know, because a lot of times, what happens with us, people feed us all the time, doesn't matter, I mean, if if we arrive someplace at 1130 at night, let's eat, you know, yeah, why not? If you arrive at two in the morning, hey, we've been waiting for you. We've got food. Let's eat. You know, and the next thing you know. So for eleven days we just had no schedule. Didn't have to talk to anybody. We were by ourselves. We'd just read, sleep, walk on the beach, talk, pray. After eleven days of not talking to anybody, I had all I could take. You know, I only can stand so much of that. And so we we're ready now to head back to the mainland, but we we're making a stop in Honolulu first. And there are four churches there that we see once in a while, and so we we're going to minister there, and we were staying with this one couple, Phil and Nancy. We'd been out with another pastor and his wife uh, that evening, and we arrived at Phil's about 8 o'clock, and Nancy had made cheesecake. And I like cheesecake. And she had made Kona coffee. And I really liked Kona coffee. And so, you know, all of the smell of it had filled the house. And so as we walk in the door, you know, it kind of hits you and all of the saliva glands start working. And the smell, you know, I mean, I'm going, oh, man. This is going to be wonderful. Except I felt like the Lord said, don't eat any cheesecake and don't drink any coffee. And I said, I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> that, that can't be God. I mean, she made this on purpose for us. You know, if I don't eat this, she's going to be offended. And the only problem was it didn't go away. You know, don't eat that much. But, you know, you can rationalize anything. And I said, well, I'm on vacation. You know. And, you know,. Things are, you know, you can be on vacation and do things, right? That you don't normally do. <laughs> so, I had a half a piece of cheesecake. And I drank half a cup of coffee. And Phil and Nancy and Donna and I began to talk. And we talked about what God's doing in the world. And we talked about the church around the, the world and the church in the U.S. And we talked. And finally Donna and Nancy went to sleep about 10 o'clock. Phil and I stayed up till after midnight talking. And finally we go to bed. And 2.30 in the morning I wake up with the worst stomach ache you can imagine. I mean, I am in tremendous pain. I just, I am in indigestion. Oh, it never occurs to me to repent of anything. I'm sitting there, with, or laying there in bed with all of this pain, and I begin to pray, and I begin to rebuke the devil, I begin to cast out everything, I begin to claim the blood of Jesus, I begin to ask for healing. And at 2.30 until 4.30 this goes on. And all that happens is the pain increases and intensifies. and I, You know, I felt like my stomach was about this big. Have you ever felt like that? going, oh man, if I could just stick a needle in there or something. <laughs> I didn't really think that, but I now I didn't wake Donna up at all. I'm just I'm laying there and pretty soon the uh, pain begins to move. I thought, now this is strange. Pain isn't supposed to move like this. And so it intensifies and it moves from my stomach and it starts moving up to my chest. So I start coming against a spirit of fear, now a spirit of death. And then it begins to move, and it gets up on my chest, and now it's like somebody hit me in the chest with a sledgehammer. And it goes up into my neck, and it goes down my left arm. And I can't breathe. I stop breathing. And it's five o'clock in the morning. And all of these things come to my mind very quickly. I'm saying, God, this feels like death but I don't understand. I dealt with the spirit of death. And God said, this isn't a spirit. This is the real thing. This is death. I said, what? This feels like a heart attack. He said, it is a heart attack. I said, well, God, if you want my attention, you have it. Uh, uh, God, why is this happening? And he said, this is your judgment killing you." I said, what? Now, I'm shocked because I've been dealing with this judgment for about a month and a half, daily, almost minute by minute. And I'm, I'm just overwhelmed with this whole idea. I said, what? God, what are you talking about? My judgment is killing me. And he said, Satan is trying to kill you with your judgment. My grace is keeping you alive. And then the Lord began to show me what I'd done that night. While we were sitting there talking about the church, very general terms, I am just talking about what wasn't working right, what should be happening, what isn't happening. God said, you're judging my bride. I said, excuse me? <laughs> he said, you're judging my bride and you're not qualified to do that. So he said, as a matter of fact, You're not supposed to judge anyone or anything. I said, but God, your word says... And he said, yes. He said, that's another thing. Christians judge more than non-Christians because you know more of what's right and wrong. The more you know the Scripture, the more you'll find when you see things that aren't right, there's a judgment that's happening within you. I go, oh, God. He said, there's only one judge and one lawgiver. He said, if you judge the church and Christians and the people in it, he said, you're judging me. I said, how could I be doing that? Because he said, I'm the one that's giving them life. I'm the one that has extended my mercy to them. And he said, there's only one who's qualified to judge. And he said, that's me. And he said, even if you see the facts, you don't see it from eternity. You don't see it from long suffering and mercy and patience. And he said, Your perspective is different than mine. I said, Wow. I said, Well, God, I, I see how you've judged a lot of people. And he said, No, I haven't. I said, Well, sure you have. I, I you know, I, what about Ananias and Sapphira? You judge them? God said, I didn't judge them. He said, What? Well, I I've read this right here in the scripture. You judged them. He said, no. He said, their own judgment came upon them. He said, you reread that and see what happens. And he said, their own judgments came and put them to death. He said, when I begin to judge. You know, God began to show me several scriptures where he said, I judge no one. But he said, Jesus, I have given all judgment to. And Jesus said, I didn't come to judge. I came to say. And he said, I'm not judging anyone now. He said, but if I did judge, my judgment would be righteous. Because I don't judge by what I see, but I judge by what I I hear the Father say. And I said, well, God, if you're not judging, uh, that means there's no judgment? He said, oh, yes, there is. He says, there is a point unto man once to die and then the judgment. He said there is a day of judgment and there is wrath being stored up that Satan is constantly bringing upon people. And he said, when I begin to judge, all of the universe begins to unravel. He said, nobody will have to guess if I'm judging. He said, it will be clear. Judgment will have begun. And he began, he showed me a scripture in First Corinthians, four verses uh, <clears throat> four and five that you can look at. And it basically, it's Paul talking. You can read the first five verses if you'd like to. But in first four, he says, "I am conscious of nothing against myself, Paul speaking, and yet I am not by this acquitted." but the one who examines me is the Lord, who judges me. Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of people's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. I said, wow. God, you said, don't judge before the time. And you, when you come, You will take care of judgment. Now, there are many other scriptures that you can look at about judgment. And I said, well, God, I have misrepresented you to a lot of people. I have misrepresented you to myself. Because I said, wow, they didn't do that. God sure judged them. And God said, no, I didn't judge them. All I did was take my hands off and allow their judgment to come upon them. And Satan executed all of that in their life. Well, all of this happened in my mind instantaneously. At least that's what I was thinking. And not only that, I had a couple of old proverbs just come to me immediately. One of those proverbs says, uh, it's a Chinese proverb, it says that the man that spits into the wind has a wet face. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I begin to get the picture. And the other, one, uh, the other one said that a man that throws mud in the air has dirty hair. <laughs> if he's got hair, it's dirty. And so, you know, all of that was happening instantaneously like this. And I said, God, you're right. I didn't realize what I was doing. And I immediately began to confess all of those judgments that I just made about the church, especially in America. It's easy when, when you're outside the United States and you see what people are doing, the conditions they're in, and how their uh, hunger, and, and, and just they give everything they have uh, to just hear God and to hear the Word of the Lord and, and to receive the Spirit of God. And then sometimes we come back to the U.S. and everybody's going, oh, hum, you know, so what happens without realizing it we begin to develop this judging attitude about the church in the U.S. and God said you can't do that he said you can but it won't be productive he said I mean you can but the results will be this judgment now I think God was letting me see in a in a very physical way can't be judged. Because when we judge and we reach out to people, what they experience, no matter what we say about the the truth, what they begin to taste from us is our judgment. They don't taste the love, they taste the judgment. You see. And I, I can tell them, I said, Jesus loves you and he died for you, but in me there's this judgment that they taste. And so what they reject isn't so much Jesus, but they reject the judgment that's there. And and God began to say, listen, I want the only way that that love can come out pure is if you allow me to do it through you. And he said, you have to understand, you judge. And if you don't bring that to me, the consequences of this is what you're experiencing. So when I started giving all of those judgments to the Lord and ask his forgiveness and his cleansing, I started breathing again. Now it was 5.30. So from 5 o'clock till 5.30, I wasn't breathing. And yes, I think I did experience death, but I don't think I was anywhere. I was right there because of God's grace. Now Donna was asleep through all of this. And I wasn't going to wake her up. I wasn't going to tell anybody about this. It was embarrassing. I still had all this pain in my stomach, by the way. It hadn't gone away, but I was rejoicing that I was alive, because I didn't think I was going to preach that morning or any other morning. You know I, I don't mind meeting the Lord, but I didn't know I was going to do it that minute. See. And so as the pain began to become aware, I began to be aware, again, of the pain in my stomach. I started I, I was rejoicing and thanking God that I'm breathing, and I'm alive and I don't have any of the pain. And then I said, Well, Lord, uh, you, you're going to heal me? And he, nothing. And so finally at uh, 6 o'clock, I wake Dawn up, and I don't tell her about everything that's transpired. I just said, I've got this problem with my stomach. Will you pray for me? And <laughs> she kind of, oh, you know, you know, kind of one of those, you know. And she starts kind of mumbling, oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. And I I think she was praying in tongues, but I'm not real sure what she was doing. And as, as she began to pray, then in just a minute or two, she said, I saw you step inside this circle. And it was a circle of fire. And she said, and you didn't come out. You just stayed in the circle. She said, I think you need to repent. I go, oh, thanks a lot she wake you up to pray for me and you tell me to repent well that's good so she went back to sleep I, I got up and I go into the bathroom and I'm in there for three hours repenting and, and I said well Lord now are you going to heal me he said no I said why not he said you did this on purpose with your eyes wide open you get to walk through this He said, you didn't come back out of this side of the circle. You went out the other side. Okay, thank you. Well, uh, we went to church over in Hawaii, and so I'm preaching now. And uh, by the way, Donna started getting sick. She started having all kinds of stomach pain. And she started feeling bad. And about halfway through the, I'm now preaching, and halfway through the message, God said, Now you stop this, and you tell them what happened to you this morning and why. Have you ever had an argument with God while you're preaching? <laughs> I did. You know, I'm, I'm trying to preach, and I'm saying, I'm not going to tell them about this. This is embarrassing. I don't want anybody to know about this. But, you know, God wins. And so after about three minutes, I said, I've got to stop this and uh, tell you what happened. And while I'm telling them what occurred, God began to show me that Donna is sick because of me. I said, why? And he says, well, your bitterness defiled her. Your judgment defiled her. said she wasn't participating in it, except she was hearing it all and didn't do anything. And she's related to you. You know, you two are one. I go, ooh. So I had to go over and apologize to her and pray for her. Uh, But, you know, it took her three days to get over feeling as bad as she was feeling. And I don't know exactly why yet. uh, But I think it was related to some things that were going on with me. So what God began to show me is he's very serious at this point in in our life as Christians about loving one another and not judging. Now the key issue is don't try to stop doing it. Instead, take the thing to the Lord. As you do that, you know what I begin to experience? I experienced an emotional freedom that I didn't know that I didn't have until I experienced it. And now I begin to recognize I'm in situations with people and I don't even have the thoughts or the feelings or the opinions come up anymore. I mean, it's just, it's been amazing. to. How do you do this? I don't know. Except I took the judgments to the Lord and it's something that He is working within me. And Donna can tell you it's not me. She's lived with me too long. She knows it's not me. But it's something that God is doing within me. Well, and I will praise God. You know, so I've been practicing that now all this year. And I'm getting a handle on, praise the Lord, this is wonderful. Well, we go back to Portugal. Yeah, yeah. You were here when Tony and us left, see. So, back to Portugal. And things are going along okay, I think. And Tony and Carol leave. And about four days before we leave, uh, we have. I have another experience that takes place relating to this, and it, it's a little more <laughs> involved. We were uh, staying with a, a couple. His name is Ricky, and hers is Dita. He is a soccer star in Portugal, a Nigerian, and his wife is Brazilian, and uh, they're they're a fantastic Christian couple. And so while we were spending a couple days with them, a Portuguese couple came to thank them for uh, Ricky and Dita helping them to move to Switzerland. And so they, they were coming to thank them that they had done all of this. And so I was in another room while uh, the three-hour conversation was going on. And it ended up that they stayed for dinner that night with us. During the dinner time, I started feeling really uneasy. I couldn't understand a lot of the Portuguese, but I started feeling really uneasy about something in this relationship, and I began to pray and intercede on behalf of Ricky. Now, another thing that I discovered I did later, I, I had a lot of judging going on within me about this whole situation and this man and his wife and a few other things. Well, I was supposed to do a marriage seminar, Don and I, an all-day seminar. And uh, after the seminar, we were going to go to Ricky's soccer game. Now, it was, it's involved in the European Cup, so it was a very important game. Well, I was up all night in the bathroom again. I was not feeling good at all, and we were late to the seminar because of that, And we get there, and I uh, told uh, Jim Reimer and uh, this other uh, fellow, I said, listen, if you don't pray for me, we're not going to have a seminar because I won't be able to be here. And so they prayed. We had the seminar. Things went fine. But I hadn't eaten now for about a day and a half. And uh, as soon as the seminar is over, uh, we all go to the soccer game. And the longer we sat at that game, the worse I got. And I got so I couldn't even sit there. I couldn't walk around. Nothing was comfortable. And finally, when it was over, I couldn't drive home. I couldn't drive the car. So I said, Jim, can Helen drive your car? Will you drive this car? I said, I can't. You know, I can't sit up. I can't, I can't do anything. So he drives us back to his house. And by the time we get in the house, now it's about 98 degrees out, and I'm freezing. Now, I put on a coat. I've got a long sleeve shirt on. I put a coat on. I wrapped up in a blanket, and I'm shaking and freezing, and uh, all the colors left, and I ache all over in my body. And I didn't have a breathing problem like I did before. That, that wasn't happening. And I said, I think... Donna, you better get Jim and his wife and the other two American guys that are here and come and pray for me because, I don't know, something's going on. So they came down, and we spent about an hour and a half to two hours uh, praying. And as they were praying for me, the Lord showed me a couple of things. He said, one, uh, that that spirit-filled Christian man that was there talking to Ricky, without realizing it, had brought a curse upon him. And as I began to enter into an intercessory position, I was bringing that upon me. I was taking the brunt of it. And Ricky didn't do very well in the soccer game. As a matter of fact, there was something the matter with the way he couldn't move right. And uh, we found out the next day about that. Now this again is Saturday night and I'm supposed to preach Sunday morning and I'm, listen, I'm not going to be able to preach anywhere unless something changes. So we broke that, that curse. And then the Lord began to say, you know, there are some people here that want you to stay. They don't want you to, to leave and they don't want you to go back to the U.S. And he said, what they're doing is they have been saying, we wish that something would happen so you could stay here. As a matter of fact, we, we just pray that God will, will just keep you here, that you can't go home. Something will happen. Now, you know, I I used to just kind of laugh at that kind of thing. But what I begin to realize is as Christians, God's power is at work within us. And with if we're wishing and desiring and praying something for someone that's not God's will then we begin to block what God's wanting to do. And it has an effect in the spiritual realm. And it affects the physical. And so I said, oh, Lord. So we prayed and broke those things. I'm starting to feel a little better. So I'm thinking, well, praise God. That's it. And then God said, oh, by the way, let me show you all your judgments that you haven't dealt with recently. And I go, oh, God, not again. Oh, Lord, really? Yeah. And man, he began to uncover things. I I thought, well, gee. Gee, Lord, these are real subtle things. (laughs) I've been dealing with these obvious ones, but I didn't know this was a judgment also. And about that person and that and this. And I dealt with all of those. And you know what? As soon as that happened, my temperature changed. <laughs> all the pain left. The blood came back into my, my face. I got really hot. Threw all of the stuff off. Got up and said, I'm hungry. Can we eat something? Now, what this is leading me to share with you is that judgment is here. We're involved in it. It says that the ruler of this uh, world uh, has been judged, in a sense, by God. And because he has come to this world, judgment has come. But it's the thing that he's doing. Now, there's a point at which God is redeeming us from judgment. Now, either you and I can deal with all of this judgment now and take it before God, or we can get it later. And I'm saying, God, I don't want to get any of it later. I thank you that Jesus took care of that on the cross. Now, Father, I don't want to give any of it to anybody else. You know, I don't want them to have to experience that. I want your blessing to come into their life. Now, you know what I begin to realize? There were times God was wanting me to speak to somebody in a very firm way, and I wouldn't do it because of my judgment. You know, judgment not only is directed against people, it also prevents you from functioning. And I found that, that uh, there were times when I'd take my judgment to God. He had put that to death, cleansed me, and then you know what? He'd tell me to do something. I'm saying, oh Lord, that sounds harsh. I, I don't want to tell him that. I'd never tell him that. The Lord said, listen. It's not you telling him, I'm wanting to tell him. Now tell them this. And you know what? I found that when I'd go over and I'd say, Well, Brian, uh, and I'd tell them. And they'd get, I mean, it, I, man, I'd be sweating because it was so strong and it sounded harsh to me. And you know what happened? They'd receive it. They'd go, Oh, God. Gee, look at what they did. But you know what I discovered the difference was? They didn't taste my judgment. They they didn't taste anything of me mixing up in there, bringing judgment. Instead, all they received was God's compassion and love for them to try to set them free now instead of receiving the whole consequences for eternity. And I'm going, oh God, there's something you're wrapping up in this whole area of judgment to set us free from that becomes so important for people. Not just you and I that's so important for people that we're around. The message of God in your life and how He wants to bring it out. And so I think it's an important period of time in the history of the church that God is dealing with this. Now, I'm not sure, I think, from what I've heard from some people, this is happening in other places in the world. that God is showing people some things about this. If we're going to be without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. God's going to have to iron us a little bit. right? He's going to have to spray some things on us, heat us up, remove the judgment from me, is what He's doing. So that's basically what I wanted to share with you. There, there are about 35 or 40 scriptures, but I don't think we'd have time to go through those. Look them up in your concordance. And begin to do a study on judgment as it relates to us with other people. And then with Jesus. Now, after saying all of this, if there's anyone here who has never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you can be free of eternal judgment. God has paid the price for you tonight. He says, just come. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to Fight it. Don't try to be good enough. Just come and receive my love and my forgiveness. And for all of us that have accepted Jesus, let's bring our judgments to God and be cleansed tonight and ask him to begin to tell us what he wants us to do. And just start the process of him walking with us through this. Let's all sin. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we acknowledge, Lord God, that we have your treasure of life, but it's in an earthen vessel. And God, we acknowledge the areas of judgment, the opinions, the evaluations, the feelings, the ideas, and the conclusions that we come to, sometimes moment by moment. So Lord, in Jesus' name, we want to offer these to you and ask You to just bring each one to our mind, Show us very clearly when it's happening, Lord, so we can bring it before You. You put it to death through what happened on the cross with Jesus and cleanse us with His blood. Now, Lord, You begin to just give us your, tell us what You want us to do, what Your desire and purpose is, just what Your judgment is, Lord. And we know it's a judgment of compassion and love and forgiveness. So, Lord, we just offer ourselves before You. Lord, continue to use us. Lord, and to use us as redeemers in this world, in Jesus' name. We bless You, we magnify, and we praise You, Lord. We thank You that You love us, Lord God. Thank You, Father God, in Jesus' name, that we stand before our Father In the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen.